12 Conference got a huge shakeup this week. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Great to have you on board. Appreciate you joining us and being a part of the show, whether it's radio, podcast, whatever it might be. Um, we appreciate you because we take this show all year around. No weeks off, baby. None whatsoever. And before we get it rolling, please take us a moment, guys. Leave that rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie if you do that. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will get that koozie to you in the mail because uh, I really appreciate when you do that for the show. It does help us a lot continue to grow. And that's my way and our way to uh, give back. So leave that rating review. Email me, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, a screenshot of your rating and review. So the big news, of course, Matt Rule leaving Baylor, going to the Carolina Panthers. And that is the second straight year a Big 12 coach is going to the NFL. Now, Cliff Kingsbury, of course, got fired last year and then went to the NFL. But still, think about that. The smallest of the Power Five conferences, based on number of teams, has had two straight coaches go to the NFL two straight off seasons, and no other conference can say that, huh? I mean, that's something special. Big 12 should be crowing about that, by the way. We can talk about that more coming up, but the Big 12 should be thumping its chest a little bit that we've got guys the NFL wants. From Cliff Kingsbury and his style and offense to Matt Rule and his whole process that he preaches to Lincoln Riley, who I guess isn't even taking phone calls, good for him. But the NFL wants these guys, and that's uh, something the Big 12 should be hyping up a little bit here. But this is a major blow for the Big 12. There's no doubt about it. Because it looked like, had Matt Rule hung around for another couple of years at least, Baylor would have been not just a competitor at the top of the conference for the foreseeable future, but they would have been a national conversation as well. They would have been in that discussion. I think they could have been a top 15 team year in, year out under Matt Rule's tutelage and under Matt Rule's guidance. That's how good of a coach I believe this guy is, and he proved it as well, right? Like, I'm not just giving you a hot take with nothing to back it up with. I mean, this guy went from 1-11 and to 11-3, and 11-1 and at one point, 1-11 to 11-1, that he lost the Big 12 title game in the Sugar Bowl, but still, nobody would have ever expected this with Matt Rule, and that's why... You know, Baylor fans, I get are upset. There's always that minority of fans that sounds louder than they are. Like, if you're a Baylor fan and you're mad, get over yourself. If you're a Baylor fan and you're disappointed, that's okay. I mean, you're allowed to be disappointed, upset, frustrated, but you can't be mad. Heck, so many of the players were happy for Coach Rule. And by the way, are trying to get Joey McGuire in there as uh, the head coach right now for the Baylor Bears. Like, they seem to all expect it. They seem to take it in stride. And they seem to be okay with it for the most part. So, fans should be feeling that way. Fans shouldn't be like, oh, I got, we got screwed. No. If somebody told you Matt Rule is going to come here three years ago and in his third year he gets you to a Big 12 championship game and then he would leave for the NFL, you'd be like, yep, sign me up. It's fine. It's okay. I'll deal with it. Then sign me up. We got to get this team back on track. You got to think of things like that sometimes. You can't just be like, oh, he left us after three years. He got you to a Big 12 title for a program that was in the dumpster. People were talking about blowing this thing up like SMU. He got you to a conference title game an overtime away from playing in a college football playoff. 
you got to get over yourself sometimes. So I know it's a very small portion of Baylor fans. I get it. But you got to say it because some fans just can't look at things realistically. But for the Big 12, it opens the door because it seemed like Baylor could have become that team that, you know, was challenging OU at the top of the conference every year. And, you know, while I thought coming out of last year, Texas was back, and I use air quotes when I say that, and while I look at next year and I say, yeah, Texas can play for a Big 12 title with uh, Ellinger coming back and Cosme coming back on the line and the running backs staying healthy and getting healthy and having a year under their belts and the defense, especially that secondary is really strong if they stay healthy. But, I mean, how many times can you say that about Texas over the past decade and how many times have they done it? They've done it once. You've said it maybe every year. But Baylor looked like that team that with the coaching, that staff, the consistency, the ability of ruling the guys around him to get the job done, you were like, hey, and then seeing someone like Jacob Zeno and what he's able to do, I know it was a short little spurt there in the Big 12 championship game, but, I mean, that young man looks like he's going to take over from Charlie Brewer when the time comes, and he's going to be just fine, right? So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this Baylor football program as a whole. But now for the Big 12, you know, you wonder what Baylor's going to do. I would keep it in-house. Joey McGuire is getting a lot of love, and I would have no problem with that whatsoever. He also came on with Matt Rule, um, coaching tight ends, promoted to associate head coach and defensive ends in 2019, uh, former Texas high school football coach. He was at Cedar Hill, legendary career there, 14 seasons, back-to-back state titles. So he's a guy I'd look at. I'd keep it in-house. I keep this mojo from the Matt Rule era going and that you hope somebody like McGuire, who had a historic high school career, learned a lot under Rule, and he can keep that momentum going. I would not go outside the tree right now, bring in a new guy, try to reset the program under his guidance. I would keep it in-house with somebody like Joey McGuire. And it's not just that the players want him. Like, you can't do things based on what 18, 19, 20-year-old kids want. But I do think it's unusual to see the kind of support that Joey McGuire has gotten on social media since Matt Rule announced he was going to the NFL. It is unusual. So to me, that's more of the icing on the cake. It's not why you do it, but it's kind of like if you were on the fence, that should tip you over to the side of Joey McGuire. Because this team and this staff does seem to have a very, very good relationship with the university, with each other, the camaraderie, and I'd keep it going with McGuire. That's what I'd be doing if I was um, you know, the president, if I was the AD. That's, that's the direction I would be going if I was there in Waco right now. But for the Big 12, you now have a wide-open door to see who's going to be that team that's going to be challenging OU on a yearly basis. Now, maybe McGuire can keep it going. But obviously, you'd have a lot more confidence in Matt Rules coming back. But now you can say, hey, Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, Tylen Wallace coming back. Uh, you know, looks like Chuba Hubbard is coming back. We don't know for sure yet, but all indications are based on the tweeting of the Canadian flag that it's highly probable he could be coming back as well. So, you know, Oklahoma State, you make the argument. I mentioned Texas as well. Can Iowa State bounce back from a lot of close losses this year and be back in the Big 12 title mix in Brock Purdy's junior year, right? Like, look at that team. Brees Hall, the defense, everything else that goes into that. There's reasons to look up to Ames. 
Um, so there's a lot of places you can look and say that's the second best team in the conference. You could probably make an argument that outside of OU, four to five teams in the Big 12, if everything were to break right, could play in a Big 12 title game. You could make me an argument on K-State. You could make me an argument on Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas. That's four. I don't know if there's a fifth right now. You know, I guess TCU, if you want to make the TCU case, you could probably do it. So I'll give you five of the other nine teams outside of OU. You could say, hey, this team, if it all breaks right, can play for a Big 12 title. That makes it a lot of fun for us covering the conference and for the fans. But you really do want to have like a couple of teams that, you know, year in, year out can compete, not just for a Big 12 title, but will be in the top 10, top 15 mix. And with that rule gone, I don't think the Big 12 has that right now. I, I just I'm not seeing it outside of OU. I'm seeing a lot of depth after OU, and I'm seeing a lot of interchangeable parts and a lot of what ifs for all those teams behind the Sooners. But I'm not seeing that. Hey, I know Baylor is going to be a top 15 team in the country for the next five years. I would hope it's Texas, but man, you know after what Herman and his guys did this year and blowing out his whole staff, I can't say that with any type of confidence. And Oklahoma State should be a top 15, top 20 team every year. And, you know, they seem to fit their way into that conversation, but it's far from a guarantee. So it's very interesting right now for the Big 12. With Matt Rule leaving for the NFL, it's definitely a loss, but I'll say this too. There's nothing that Baylor could have done. The guy got a $60 million deal over seven years. The coach in the NFL, which, you know, if you've been following Matt Rule, the guy got a call from the Indianapolis Colts after winning one game two years ago with the Baylor Bears. A one-win coach in the Big 12, had NFL interest. This was always going to happen. And I know we all hoped it wasn't going to happen this soon, but part of the reason it happened this soon is because of the success that Baylor had this year. So you kind of got to roll with it. You knew it was always possible, and there's nothing more Baylor could have done. There's no money they could have matched. I mean, even if they even the money, it doesn't matter. Rule is going to go. He wants to test out his style in the NFL. He said that in a text to his players on Tuesday. He was like, I want to test my process or our process at the next level and try to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, that's my goal. And, and you know, he made a good point, too, which is, hey, my players' goals are to get to the NFL and win a Super Bowl. I've got my chance, and I hope and believe they'll understand. And how do you blame the guy for that? I, I can't do it. I can't. So it's a total shakeup. It's going to be fascinating to see what Baylor does uh, the rest of the way. I'm shocked he did not end up with the New York Giants. I think that's a big mistake by them. But Panthers got a good one, and Matt Rule bought in. And Matt Rule is not going to take any job. He had to take a job where they bought into him, and he was going to get a certain amount of power and leverage. And obviously, he got that. When you get seventy years or seventy, when you get seven years and sixty million, I think you've got some leverage. So, hey, uh, good for Matt Rule. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, we're going to talk some Big 12 hoops with Matthew Postens. Don't miss it. Coming up next. Hey, guys, it's Pete Mundo. And while the Big 12 bowl games are in the books, we've still got plenty of Big 12 hoops on tap. Yep, and you want to get in the game with mybookie.ag and the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 50% sign-up bonus. Here's how this works. Um... You make your deposit, your first-time deposit, and 50% of whatever you put in 
goes right into your account as cash. It doesn't need to be unlocked. It's just there to play with and win with. And Big 12 basketball season is going to be outstanding, by the way. It's going to be a ton of close games, a lot of fun to follow, a lot of fun to bet on as well. And you want to do it at mybookie.ag with the promo code BIG12 and get your free money, literally free money, mybookie.ag promo code BIG12. And that'll lead you right into March Madness when the betting is going to be absolutely outstanding and out of this world. So help us out, help them out, and have some fun. Help yourself out. Mybookie.ag promo code BIG12. It's mybookie.ag promo code BIG12. Well, it's time for some Big 12 Hoops Talk. Matthew Postins, our Big 12 basketball insider, does a great job covering the conference. He's also doing periscopes after games uh, this week. So check it out. Follow him on Twitter at Postins Postcard or find us at Heartland underscore CS. Matthew, game of the week, Baylor beats Texas Tech. Uh, what surprised you most about this one? I, I think what surprised me was just how, how good both of these teams played defensively. And I saw Baylor in person last Saturday against Texas, and they played – uh, great defense in that game as well. But what's been unusual this year is that uh, you know Scott Drew's really gotten away from playing the the one three one two two one zone, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that really has been very traditional there at Baylor, and they're playing a lot more man to man defense, the kind of man to man defense you expect Texas Tech to play. And when I asked Scott Drew about it last weekend, he said, "Really, it's based on the personnel. You know, I have the guys that I can where I can go toe to toe and play man to man defense most of the time." and uh, that's what Baylor's been doing. And against a team like Texas Tech, where they have you know, very good ball handlers on the perimeter, a, a great scorer like Jameis Ramsey, uh, the talented freshman, and a good inside game, you always wonder when uh, you're a team like Baylor who's been playing the same way for so long on defense, when you make that kind of a cultural shift within one season, uh, you wonder what will happen when they play a really good team like a Texas Tech. Well, I thought they played very well defensively tonight. They held Jameis Ramsey down for a half. Uh, he ended up at 20 points, and he ended up having 14 in the second half. But they did a really good job of keeping him buttoned up in the first half. Uh, Kyler Edwards was the only other player in double figures with 10 points. Tech didn't shoot well from three. They didn't shoot well overall. Some of that was Baylor's defense. Some of that was an off night for them. So, you know, the big takeaway for me is that, you know, Baylor is a team that I think for the long haul now as we get into Big 12 play, you're going to see them play a lot more man defense. Uh, you're going to see them kind of use the zone as more of a, a change of pace rather than their base defense as they have in previous seasons. Yeah, Matthew is uh, Matthew Postens joining us. He's on Twitter at Postens Postcard. So Matthew, you know, you look at this this early Big Twelve conference slate, and the biggest surprise got to be TCU, right? Two and zero in conference play. I know you've had them at the bottom of your Big Twelve power rankings, rightfully so. But you know, it's not two great wins, but they beat Iowa State in OT. They beat Kansas State on Tuesday night. Uh, what's been most impressive about this Horn Frogs team and what Jamie Dixon has going on there so far? Yeah, it is pretty impressive. I, I did not expect them to be 2-0. and uh, When you think about it within the context of trying to make the NCAA tournament, those are big wins for them because you figure – I look at the conference right now as there's, a, there's an upper echelon of four teams, and that's Baylor, West Virginia, Kansas, and Texas Tech in that order. Uh, after that, it's kind of a free-for-all, and – whether the NCAA takes six uh, Big 12 teams or seven Big 12 teams or even eight, it's going to come down really to you know how many of these teams can stay above 500. And that was a big win for TCU against Kansas State because it not only made TCU 2-0 and in, in Big 12 play, it made Kansas State 500 
for the season. So the NCAA isn't going to take a team that's under 500 unless they get the automatic bid to the tournament. So uh, that was a big separation win for TCU. But I think the biggest thing for them as a team right now has just been the emergence of R.J. Nembhard, their second-year guard, who really was more of a complimentary piece for them last year, uh, had some solid games that really wasn't producing offensively. He's really gone off in Big 12 play. He had the 31 points against Iowa State last weekend in that overtime win. Uh, I think he had um, 15 last night, uh, 15 Tuesday night against um, uh, against Kansas State. So he's given them a legitimate second option on the perimeter to go along with Desmond Bain. And then when you consider they had Kevin Samuel inside, who I think is one of the better back-to-the-basket post players in the conference, they now have a core group of three guys that can really uh, do some damage for you night in and night out. Matthew, when you look at the Oklahoma State Cowboys, you know, they lose on Saturday. They get blown out last week against Texas Tech, and they looked okay early on. Then the game just got away from them. Uh, Monday, they lose to West Virginia at home. And, you know, I'm looking at this game. Gallagher-Iba is dead as a doornail, Matthew. I know you saw that, too. Mike Boynton's got a lot of seniors on this team as well. It's not the guys he recruited, but still he's got a lot of seniors on this team. And you have a hard time finding wins on this schedule. How concerned should Mike Boynton be about his job? I, not about his job. I don't, I don't think I'm concerned about Mike Boynton's job because if you look at the recruiting class they have coming in next year, you know, he's been able to bring in one of the best recruits in the country. So okay. I don't think you're worried. I'm not worried too much about his job. Okay. What I am worried about in the short term right now is the first two games, they have not shot the basketball well. And when you consider they have Lindy Waters, a guy like Thomas Diago, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the country, and granted, he didn't shoot, he didn't play Monday night uh, because he had the flu. And then you have Cameron McGriff. The fact that they're shooting so poorly right now is the thing that really concerns me. They're not getting a lot of contribution from the young players they have on their bench right now. Uh, Isaac Likely is one of the better point guards in the uh, in the conference, but even he's not shooting the basketball well right now. So uh, for them, you know, they were they were not in that game with Texas Tech. They really weren't in that game with West Virginia in the second half. And what it really boiled down to was the fact that they simply couldn't shoot the basketball better. Better, mm-hmm. I think once they're shooting the ball better. I think you're going to see them win a few more games, but uh, this is a this is a big this is a big little stretch for them right now because they've got some teams coming up that to me they match up with well, starting with TCU, and these are games that if they're going to be a team that's going to make it to the NCAA tournament come March, they're going to have to start winning some of these games. Yeah, no doubt about it. Matthew Postens joining us here on the show. So you know, Matthew, now the West Virginia Mountaineers, who obviously took care of business in that game we talked about Monday against Oklahoma State. They've got a top 25 matchup this weekend against Texas Tech. It is in Morgantown. That's obviously a tough place to travel to and play, especially coming from Lubbock. That's as far as it gets in the Big 12. You know, for the Mountaineers, does it feel like this is – I know they've got a couple of staple wins this year, Ohio State, uh, but does this feel in many ways like a game that could define the hierarchy in the Big 12? It's certainly possible. Uh, I think the thing I love about West Virginia right now is that there's such a great half-court defensive team that they can play with not just anybody in the conference. They can play with just about anybody in the, in the country because they have those two big guys inside and Derek Culver and Oscar Toshiba. Uh, and then they have some great perimeter defenders that are really doing good work. Uh, you know, you saw what they did against Oklahoma State. I mean, OSU shot one for 20. Uh, some of that was an off night for them. Some of that was West Virginia's defense really pushing them out from the perimeter. And when I say one of 20, I mean one of 20 from the three-point line. Uh, I, I think the struggles they're having right now are on the offensive side of the basketball. They have the guys that can get that done between Toshibwe 
Culver, Miles McBride, who's one of the better outside shooters, uh, Jermaine Haley. Uh, the guy they really need to get going offensively right now in Big 12 play is Emmett Matthews Jr. He has not been scoring the way he was scoring in non-conference play in these first two Big 12 games. If they can get the offense moving in the right direction, their defense is right there. And when you think about the fact that they've already played Kansas and that was a hard-fought you know, loss for them on the road, they'll get a chance to, to play Kansas again there in Morgantown. They've still got all of the big rank games in front of them in Big 12 play. They have an opportunity, I feel like, to define what this race is going to shape up to be come February and March. And they might even be, especially from a, a the standpoint of the, the fact that they have so many young players on their team, they might be just a little bit ahead of schedule right now. Matthew Poston's our guest. Matthew, another team that might have some concern, K-State 0-2 in conference play. How worried should that fan base be right now about the season unraveling? Well, you think about two years ago when they did go to the Elite Eight. I think I made this point throughout last season. Dean Wade, Kamau Stokes, Barry Brown Jr., great players. But where's the depth on this team moving forward? And granted, last year they had Xavier Sneed and Cartier Giara to go with those three players. But when you looked behind them last year, the, thing, the question I kept asking myself was, okay, where are the starters? Where are the, where are the rest of these guys going to come from? that are going to help carry this team forward once those big three are gone. Well, Sneed's having a good season. Jara's having a good season. Mikhail Maween is actually having a pretty good season, a better season than, than I'm used to seeing him have the last two years. But there's nobody else. Mm-hmm. and there, There's no other real significant help on this team right now. You know, Mike McGurl might have a good game. Uh, the other night when they played TCU, they had a couple of guys coming off the bench that had a good game. But nobody has consistently stepped up to them to be a fourth, fifth, sixth option on this team and some of that is recruiting and granted kansas state has a much better recruiting class coming in next year some of it i feel like has to be looked at as you know player development and coaching that some of these guys just have not come along in the way that uh, bruce weber and his staff were hoping for some of that is because the lineup was dominated by those five guys the last two years some of it is because some of these guys have not stepped up and taken advantage of the opportunity so when i look at kansas state right now if if jara and Sneed and Maween aren't playing well, they're not going to win a lot of games. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that unfolds. He's Matthew Postons, our Big 12 basketball insider. Matthew, always great to have you on, and uh, look forward to doing it again next week. And enjoy the games this weekend. I will, absolutely. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. Coming up, some shots fired in the Big 12 coaching ranks. We'll tell you about it next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo, and as we keep it rolling, we talk stats all the time on this show, right? And did you know that 85% of women think bad grooming is a major turnoff? 80% of women think men should manscape. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. That's from Business Wire. Well, that's why we're proud that support for Heartland College Sports comes from Manscaped who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. How about that play on words? You guys like that? That's why the revolutionary Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag in the place you don't want to nick or snag, right? It's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. It's exactly what you're looking for, especially as you go for the uh, you know new year, new me here in 2020. So go get 20% off and free shipping with the code HEARTLAND20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code HEARTLAND20 at manscaped.com. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just for our listeners. 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. 
Well, final few minutes on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Be sure to check us out on the web. All right, so um, with Matt Rule leaving, one of the fellow Big 12 coaches, not a head coach, but an assistant coach, took an apparent shot at the Baylor Bears. And I don't think it was really meant to be a shot necessarily at Rule leaving, but more of a testament to what this program's been about for the past couple of decades. So Tyler Wright is a football GA, uh, wide receivers and special teams, for the TCU Horn Frogs. And he tweeted out after it came out that Rule was leaving, quote, recruits, all caps, want to be a part of a consistent family and win championships? Well, TCU Coach P, that's Gary Patterson's handle, has been the head coach at TCU since 2000 and has won 172 games. Same successful head coach since before y'all were born, and it'll be the same the day y'all graduate. Hashtag 40 not 4 with a little frog emoji and tweet. And I thought to myself, that's good. That's really good. And if I was TCU, uh, I'd be pushing that right now because with the way coaches move all the time, you just don't know. If you are going to end your career playing for the same guy that you started, not only because of guys leaving, going up for other jobs, whether it's in college football and the NFL, the mobility, but also the fact that guys get fired now after two years. It's crazy. You used to have at least a recruiting cycle. Now you got two, maybe three years and you're out the door. I, I, I just, I cannot believe it. Look at Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State. Like, I didn't think he did a bad job at Mississippi State. Uh, you know, K-State beat him. I was happy about that. But he got two years at Mississippi State, and they blew him out the door. And it just seems crazy to me. He goes 8-5 and five last year. He goes 6-7 and seven this year, by the way. Not terrible. He beat Ole Miss. He beat his biggest rival. He lost to Louisville in the uh, Music City Bowl. But he got blown out after two years. I was like, whoa, and you're Mississippi State. It's not like he's... Auburn or LSU or, you know, A&M or Georgia or Florida or Tennessee, Mississippi State. He goes three and five in the conference, six and seven overall. Not bad, but uh, do I fire a guy after two years when he goes eight and five and six and seven in the SEC West? I don't do it. Like I don't do it. But nowadays in college football, you got to perform right away or you're done. And, uh, you know, that's why if you are TCU, I'd be recruiting like crazy on exactly that mantra of, hey, we're not going anywhere. Like, uh, you're going to come in. I'm Gary Patterson. I'm going to be here day one. I'm going to be here when you graduate. And that's not changing because Gary Patterson's at the point in his career where he's not leaving, okay? Maybe if TCU was still in the Mountain West, that'd be different. But they're in the Big 12. They're in a Power 5. He can win a conference title. He's gotten the conference title games before. And he can do it again. So... That's a heck of a pitch if you're TCU, and guess what? If I am uh, Lincoln Riley, I'd probably do it. If I'm Mike Gundy, I might do it. And I think that's kind of it in terms of who can do it in that conference right now, right? I mean, Matt Campbell could do it, but, I mean, he's just he's always tied to another job, so it's kind of a tough pitch to make. But I do think Matt Campbell could probably pull it off. Now, speaking of Mike Gundy, there looks to be a lot of uh, rumors about what may or may not be happening in Stillwater. Right, So there was this weird deal where Casey Dunn was going to leave Oklahoma State. Now, you might think to yourself, okay, I mean, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you know this story. If you're not, 
Uh, Casey Dunn was the associate head coach and receivers head coach. And, you know, he was the guy who recruited and coached James Washington, coached Justin Blackman, uh, well-regarded in the industry. And he was going to leave for UNLV. And everyone was like, okay, uh, why? Well, he was going to be the OC under Marcus Arroyo, who used to be a coach in the Oklahoma State staff. But then he decided that he was not going to take the UNLV job. So they lost him, and then a couple days later, he was coming back to Stillwater. So it's like, okay, wonder why that is. Now, Sean Gleason, the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, he recently left for Rutgers. Why does a guy leave for Rutgers? Well, he's from New Jersey, was at Princeton for years, high school football coach in New Jersey. So he's going to try to help turn around that program. That's his neck of the woods. That's the only reason you leave Oklahoma State for Rutgers when it's the same job. So Sean Gleason leaves. Now, I don't know if Dunn's going to get the OC job or if Todd Monken's going to come back. You know, Todd Monken, who, of course, spent time at Oklahoma State, um, he was recently the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield, and that did not go well this year. Now, he was at Oklahoma State as the OC from 2011 to 2012. He was also the passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach from 2002 to 2004. He's got plenty of experience in Stillwater. He's been in the NFL the past four or five years with the Bucks and the Browns. Before that, he was the head coach at Southern Miss. Now, the question is, does he want to come back to college? Does he want to come back to Stillwater? And could there be a changing of the guard, like people are talking about, where maybe Gundy takes the Bob Stoops approach, he's kind of burnt out, he's over it, and Todd Monkins is OC for a year or two, head coach in waiting, Casey Dunn takes over as offensive coordinator, everybody's happy. It's possible, but in fairness, I don't have any inside knowledge on whether or not that's actually going to be taking place. But that is a very interesting story to follow. I don't think Monken and Dunn can necessarily coexist for an elongated period of time. I mean, Casey Dunn, understandably, wants to further his career, whether it's in Stillwater or elsewhere. We saw he's willing to go. He almost went to UNLV, but he came back. So what the, what is that all about? Is it because Gleason is leaving and Dunn's going to be the OC and Monken has nothing to do with this because Todd Monken's going to have a lot of offers. Does he have to hang around Oklahoma State for a year and wait for the head coaching job? No, he doesn't have to. But if he really loves Stillwater and he's just like, you know, that's the place I want to be. I'm 53. I'm going to do this for another few years. I want to be the head coach at Oklahoma State. Then maybe he does. But it's going to be interesting to follow and see how that uh, plays out. Also in the Big 12 this week, Sam Ellinger announces he's coming back to Texas. I'm not shocked by that. I mean, Sam Ellinger is a really nice quarterback, good player, but guy's not NFL material, not yet. I'm just, he's not. But, you know, you're surprised sometimes when you hear about guys that, like, make it a big deal to coming back. Like, okay, I think, you know, Tylen Wallace can do it. Chuba Hubbard can do it. Sam Ellinger's a quarterback. I guess he can do it. But it seems like a lot of guys, they overstate the fact that they're coming back for their senior years. Like, yeah, we got it. We know. Like, no offense. It, it makes sense. All right. And Sam Ellinger kind of falls into that category. But, hey, it gives the Big 12, you know what, a a really good senior quarterback back in the fold. And it's going to be a lot of fun to follow. So let's see if Texas can live up to that hype next year because it will be there. I promise you. It'll be there again. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us, guys, being a part of the show. Enjoy the hoops this weekend, and don't forget to use our friends at mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12, this big one, too, for a 50% straight cash homie sign-up bonus. 
you want to place those Big 12 basketball bets. I know you do. Warm me up for March Madness, you know. So mybookie.ag, promo code Big 12, Big 1-2. And then, of course, Manscaped. Heartland 20 for 20% off. You will not regret it. I promise you, you won't. You're not going to regret it. And, of course, leave us that rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week.